Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And this week, we're continuing our three-month series, The Road to Infinity, and that's the Road to the Infinity Festival, um, a big conference in town in Hollywood celebrating storytelling advanced by technology. And we just have a great series of advisors and speakers at the show who we're talking to um, until November, and it's just been fantastic as we hack away at all these different technology and storytelling trends. And so on today's show, I'm really excited to be able to bring on Jeremy Muir, who's the CEO of FinTech. And FinTech is a California-based event production company, and they specialize in full-service creative production and event management. But it's the kind of thing that they do that you don't think about Um, until you're at an event and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And so we're going to hear from Jeremy about all the amazing things he's doing to storytell at big shows. So let's have a Tech Cat welcome for Jeremy Muir. Woo! (laughs) Thanks, Lori. (laughs) The studio audience gets so insane here, it's really hard to manage them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, Jeremy, tell us all about FinTech, because we've never really talked to anyone running an event company, and so much of what I do is go to events. So this is kind of really exciting, especially because you have crazy, fantastic brands that you're producing events for. So this is really premium blue-chip companies that are your clients. So give a, give us a sense of how you got started and how FinTech got launched. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and first of all, we, we tend to call it FNTech. Um, FinTech's also thrown around, but FNTech, we've been, we've been around for over 20 years. Um, we started in the late 90s. Uh, me and a couple partners uh, built the business up. So we've got over 20 years of events, event experience, um, and we've grown into, an, into a larger company over the last 20 years. Based in California, we have over 100,000 square feet of office and warehouse space. We've got multiple locations including our um, corporate headquarters in Southern California, in Santa Ana, where we've got over 82,000 square feet. We've got a 25,000-foot facility in the Bay Area and really service a lot of Silicon Valley companies and really specialize in tech conferences now um, based in Silicon Valley. Um, We have in-house creative event management and production groups. We have facilities and equipment for AV support. That would be audiovisual. That's your, your lighting, your staging, your sound your video walls, we have in-house graphic design, we have wooden metal fabrication, we also have a suite of proprietary software systems we've built for expo management, registration, digital signage, you name it. Um, and so with that, we've kind of grown to where we've really come to specialize in Silicon Valley conferences. And so some of the, some of the ones we've worked on or are working on you know, would include Facebook's F8 conference, for instance, um, Oculus Connect. We've done those from Inception on through to the new one coming up, OC6, Silicon Valley Comic Con. We've done uh, WeWorks Global Summit, OCP and OpenStax, domestic and international conferences. Um, we also do events for HP, Samsung, Instagram, do stuff for the NBA Finals, Snap, Taco Bell, Wells Fargo. The, the list continues. Um, and we also don't just, even though we're based in California, we, re- we really work uh, nationally and internationally. And we've done conferences 
in places like Hong Kong, Tokyo, Seoul, Sydney, London, Amsterdam, Paris, Berlin, the list continues. So, you know, we've, as, we've, as we've come up in this industry, you know, we started as a, as a bit player and a, and a piece player really focused on music touring. And we're um, working with music tours and doing, doing festivals and that type of thing. And have kind of morphed over more into the corporate world and really found a nice niche with tech conferences. And that's really kind of where my love of technology and what's coming next really gets to hit the road with the rubber and work with all of these great companies that, ha- that are really moving the, the, you know, the future forward. Is it about sitting down with your client and hearing from them how they envision the, the conference to be? Or are you at the point now where you get a budget number and then you understand? Or is it a sort of a combination of both? Because you're, you're, you mentioned you know, um, events that are kind of famous for being fabulous. Um, F8, for people that don't know, is Facebook's developer conference. And that's like a really hot ticket. I got to go this year because of you, Jeremy. And it was a mind blow um, to see how you know, one tech company... Um, basically responds to their clients and to their partners and sort of creates an event that helps people understand where everything is going. It's sort of a reward to everyone in their ecosystem um, and also a call for community. And it's hard to do that at an event. And you guys manage to pull it off. So how do you sort of sit down with your client and figure out how this thing is going to be created? Yeah, you know, you know, with most things, it's, it's different for every event and every client. Each, each of them kind of work differently. And the longer you get to work with a client, the better you get at it. I think, you know, you're, you're able to read each other and kind of understand what the client needs and what the client looks for. We have certain um, clients we work with that may be nonprofits, and they don't really have a large budget or a large staff, and we need to help out more with even smaller things. Like they may come up with we just need to do a conference and we need to do it in this geographical location. And then we can run with it from there and kind of put together the different components and what, and when talking with them, as you were kind of describing, kind of find out what the purpose of the conference is. We'd, we'd never like to go into something and just do it for the sake of doing it. We would l- really love to have production follow the purpose and have the needs kind of drive production rather than the other way around and say, hey, here's the newest and greatest, latest thing, let's try to put it in somewhere. That, that really doesn't seem to work or really give value to attendees, but if you can really think of why they're doing the conference and what the attendee is going to want to get out of it, that really helps us to formulate it and put it together. Now, there's other clients that may have an idea fully baked, and they just need execution. And we're also amenable to, to handling events that way. And just, okay, we've got designs in place that they've had their design team work out, and we just need to figure out a way to actually implement it and make it, make it happen. That happens as well. But, you know, it's, it's a mix across the board, Lori, honestly. It's, you, you get every, every different kind of um, experience for different clients, you know, as you, work, as you work in this business. Now, is there pressure then to reinvent the experience every time you do an event since you're doing it for these high-end tech companies? Like, are you guys always looking at the latest event solutions and then implementing them? Or are you more of like, we have a cocktail of offerings and we're going to recommend things to the client? You know, it's, it's, that's also kind of, the, kind of across the board. Uh, most clients are looking for, hey, what's the coolest, latest, greatest, never been done before thing? And we want to do it. And we want to be the first. 
we get that all the time. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it takes time and effort to come up with those things. They don't just, just <laughs> pop up on their own. And, and some clients don't either have the time or the money to, to kind of invest into going down that, that track. So we do have some, some ideas that are more fully baked that we can work with them on or things that we've been tinkering with that we'd say, hey, this would be a great moment to bring this out. You know, this is something we've been working on, and we can partner with clients that way to kind of come up with things. And other clients, they may find something that really works, and they don't really want to shift from what that is. And they're saying, you know, for our brand and for our people, this works the best, and we'd like to stay in this realm. Of course, they may want to freshen it up with, you know, a new graphics or a new look, a new brand idea, something like that. But they may already have most of the cogs and wheels put together for what makes their conference really happen. Um, so again, it's across the board, but we are prepared to do both sides of it, either do something that's a little more turnkey or to really jump out on the edge and like, let's, let's, let's do something that's never been done before. So now I haven't been there, but I've heard you have like the coolest office in the world. And is that because you're, (laughs) you're, is that because you're, you're housing all this equipment and all the latest tech and all the things that you build, like, you know, what does it take to manage, you know, going from show to show? Is it like a huge warehouse of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there is that side of it. Yes, we have, we have equipment from, you know, all cutting edge equipment across all different aspects of a live event from audio to lighting to sound or to, you know, to video, to the camera work, to, to any, any component you could think of. We have it in the, in the warehouse, and so, yes, there's a lot of toys around to, to play with. But one of our, our key kind of thoughts here at FN Tech is it's almost like the same with the clients as for our employees. If we can make a fun working environment, then we can attract the best talent, and we can have the best retention, and we can create a positive atmosphere that then lends to more creative ideas and a better experience for the client in the end. So... We try to make it fun around here for the employees as much as for the clients and for everybody else. And we really find that that kind of works out well. So, you know, we have a great, great break space, for instance, for all the clients. We have, you know, we make sure that we're giving as many perks as we can. We do uh, free lunches here, for instance. We have a, an actual um, commissary in the building, and it's oh, free to anybody that. at any time. You know, it's those kind of perks that really show that we value our employees and what they're bringing to the table that really lets us get that maximum output out of them. And also, you know, if we're not in in a huge event-driven time frame on the calendar, we like to give people some time off, you know, because when we do need them, we push them to to the edge. And so you have to be able to give that back at some point and be able to pull back and go, you know what, why don't you guys take a little extra time off? And so... You know, for instance, we closed the shop for a week over uh, 4th of July and just said, everybody, go spend time with your families. You know, we don't have an event right now. And, and so it's nice to be able to offer those types of things to give us a competitive advantage and also just make it a nice place to go. I always felt if you want to go to work, you're going to do a better job than if you're, if you're agonizing over going to work. And what kind of output are you going to do and what kind of benefit are you going to bring to the company if that's, if that's your mind state? And oh, my so God, I love that. that from the inception from the top, you know, that's and work like, that in. Let, yeah, that's like me saying, um, okay, in order for me to leave my bedroom and go into my living room and office where I work, what can I incentivize <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to, make it a, Absolutely. to make it a better, because you're making it a great, 
working environment. So then in terms of like managing an attendee's experience at an event, do you take that on or is that more driven by your client's decisions or is that something that you can help them on? Yeah, it's it's absolutely in concert with the client. Um, We, you know, from, from our experience, we can lend the client some insights that they may not have thought about, you know, from all of the events we've done. And then there's other things that a client may know that we don't particularly know because of the culture of their, of their company or the culture that they're trying to create for their attendees that we need to really get our head around. So as, as in most things in life, collaboration really helps all of these processes move forward. And so we'll generally try to sit down with a client and just kind of walk through that. Like, what are you, what are you hoping that the, that the attendee would potentially walk away from the, from the conference with? You know, what's the point, what's the purpose of this conference? Why are we trying to get people here? What are you guys trying to get out of it? And then we'll walk through from, okay, how do they even hear this conference to the, you know, the, the, the initial advertising they may see down to, okay, now they're getting an email to register. What's that process like for them to when they get on, t- on site, how is their hotel exchange? How did they get from their hotel to the venue? And then what's that experience like from walking in the door? What do they see? And we try to walk through that entire process all the way to, okay, the conference is over and get the metrics for the client on how well did we do and how well did the show do and, and, and how, did, how did the attendees uh, take the, the whole experience. Now, some clients will let you get more in the weeds with them on some of this, and some of them try to internalize a lot of this process and where it's almost like we're trying to peel that out of them to get some of the information. So, again, it's, it's a unique by conference experience on how that goes. Um, but in general, yes, we try to have our hands in that from the very inception because otherwise, why are we there? Anybody can put in a flashy screen, but if it doesn't have real purpose or re- real meaning to somebody, then why are we doing it kind of thing? And that goes across the right. board for all, all points of a, of a conference. Well, now, what about how do you keep up with the latest tech then? Are your guys always out there looking at what the latest is, or are you going to conferences yourself and sort of trying to track what's happening? Do you go to conferences about conferences and event planning things? (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like inception to a certain point, but yeah, absolutely, all of those things. But I think it really starts with you have to have passionate people. In, in the different disciplines that, that are needed for a live conference. So, for instance, our audio team lives and breathes audio. And so all they want to do is know about the newest tech. It's toys to them, right? It's like, wow, look at the, what this thing can do, and then how can we integrate it? And then management has to look at that and kind of go, okay, that's very cool, but where's the value? How can we bring that to, to a client and, and bring value to them and do it for you know, a cost-effective rate? and make this worthwhile. But each of the individual disciplines are always coming to us going, look at this. Look at what somebody else did on a conference and look at, look at this other thing. On top of that, there are definitely industry conferences that we go to to, to talk with different vendors and to, to see what the new, latest, greatest upcoming things are and kind of work with them. And, you know, over the years being in the industry long enough, you kind of build those relationships with different vendors and manufacturers and you start to get to a point where you're actually helping them to innovate the next series of products that are coming out based on what your needs are and what you're seeing in the industry. So, again, it's, it's almost a collaboration between the whole industry on where we're going and what we think we're going to need. And then it's really just passionate people going, this is cool. We should be doing this. This is something great. And then that's kind of how we get to what need, needs to be done. I mean, in the end, 
you know, kind of what we'd said about, you know, the, the our, kind of our corporate um, um, desires is, is that I want a fun place to work and people need to be having fun doing the work. And so if you can find somebody passionate, they enjoy it. They don't even realize they're working as they're coming up with some of this stuff. They're just so excited about what it can potentially do that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a driver in itself. Does it, so um, do you ever go to a show and you're like, uh, oh my God, we have to do this or, you know, like, have you been to anything that's really surprised you, you know, because they've done something really innovative? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we see things all the time. Um, and a lot of times it's not maybe necessarily a technology on its own, but it's how it's been incorporated or they took something old and did a new twist with it, something that we didn't think about and it was, and it, you know, becomes clever. And maybe from that you even gain a new idea about it. You know, um, I can give you a couple of examples. Yeah, like yeah. Give us some to, examples. Going to go, yeah, like going to a, to a, to one of our trade shows um, where we go to like an industry trade show to find new technologies. You know, one of the, one instance just popping out, you know, you, you go in and you see all the new video screens and all the new uh, projection systems and all, and all the new uh, toys and gadgets and other things. Well, one thing we came across was, was a 3D um, monitor technology that didn't require goggles or glasses. And we just kind of walked by this booth and, then, and we saw the images were actually jumping out of the screen at us with just, you know, normally looking at it. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. I wouldn't probably have even noticed that, just, that technology. And this was a few years ago had I not gone to, the, gone to that specialized conference to see that kind of thing. So that's an instance of seeing a technology that I wouldn't even be aware of had I not gone there and, and seen it for yeah. myself. Um, now, is and it, so is it from getting that, harder? we're able well, to like, it, extrapolate. Yeah. Like, like that's a great use case for, for a client like, uh, you know, like Oculus, where they're coming up with a new way to, to view um, the world around you but you have to wear the goggles to see it, right? So how do I get somebody, how do I get an attendee that may have not ever gone into the VR goggles to kind of understand that experience? Well, I think 3D is a way for me to get them one step closer to that. So we can do some advertising and branding with 3D monitors, like, for instance, while they're standing in line waiting to do a demo to kind of get them ready and get their mind around what they may see. So it's, it's certain things like that that may not have been designed or developed for that particular use case, but then... Once you kind of see what it can do and you know what your client's needs are, you can find, find something and find a use like that would be a great use of this technology to, to get that point across for them. So that's, that's, a, you know, that's one example of where you've seen something. Um, some of my favorite shows to go to are actually not even tech conferences. They're things like Cirque du Soleil. Oh, you know, yeah. Kind of seeing, yeah. seeing how they're using technology to weave their story and I, what I love about their shows is it's not about the technology. It's almost about hiding the technology, right? And it's just making these magical experiences that as an attendee or an audience member, you don't even know how that happened or, or how, what just happened, but it was magical. And so to me, that's, that's, what these, that's what I strive to do with our work is not technology for technology's sake, but the magic that can happen because of the technology. And so... To see what they've done, for instance, with robotic stages and, and moving um, stage sets and other things, it really is just mind-blowing to what that can do and what kind of offerings you, you can do, what kind of storytelling you can do, and what you can bring, what the emotions you can bring to people. And it's, it's, it's even things as simple as, 
you know, you, to, to watch a show and to see it on a, you know, on a central screen, you know, if we, as we've all sat in a conference. But then there's a, maybe a moment in time where there's an emotional impact or something that needs to happen. And then you use technology to say, projection map that onto the rest of the facility for that moment in time and really increase what they saw, that visual space all of a sudden envelops the room. You get a real, a real emotional impact from that. And you yeah. can see people in the audience really, like, it, it hits a nerve. And they, you know, they don't know what just happened, but they felt it. And that's really what I'm striving for. And those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for when I'm watching an event is, wow, I just felt an emotion from, what I, from, that, from that thing they just did, whatever it is. And that's the kind of stuff we're trying to encapsulate and trying the, the stuff that we're really looking forward to doing with our audience. If we can make that emotional impact, then I feel like we're really, it's helping to set the message then. It's helping to, to make what we do worthwhile versus just putting up a, you know, a PowerPoint presentation on the screen. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can all die from PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love that. I love the um, emotional piece you're talking about. Now, are you finding it, though, you know, you're dealing with a pretty sophisticated attendee because you're doing tech shows and most of these folks mm-hmm. have seen a lot of tech or are entrepreneurs building things. It's a pretty sophisticated crowd. So is it getting harder to you know, delight them in these at these various shows because they're the sort of first to market on all this stuff anyway? Yeah, there, there is a, there's definitely a lot of that. I mean, these guys have seen anything and everything. But again, I think, especially for them, a lot of times it's, it's the small things, you know, and it's, it's not necessarily that it's something new and something they've never imagined. It's maybe a new use case for something they've already seen and used in a new delightful way. And what I'm seeing in the, in the tech conferences, you know, because every, everybody's getting conference burnout. You know, you can see it in the attendees. You can see it in the presenters. And so what really helps, I think, is to try to – is the, the new movement seems to be to tie things together a little bit more, to give more meaning, more bang for the buck, if, yeah. if, you know, to call it out. I think most attendees are – you know, it's, it's definitely old and stale to – to go in, sign up, you, you go to your classes, in, and, and you're fighting that you can't see the screen or you can't hear the content, and then you're waiting in line for lunch, and, it's, you know, and it just seems like it's a hassle. So part of our job is how do we just eliminate that hassle from them? I mean, these people are, are paying good money in a lot of cases to come to a conference for a very particular reason. There is definitely there's a session they want to listen to, they want to learn from. There is you know, a keynote speaker they want to hear from. There's a new sponsor on the show floor that they want to go talk to. They actually have a very streamlined purpose for what they're doing there. And it's not so much about just the eye candy or wowing them. It's being able to facilitate their purpose and to streamline and to remove the red tape to get them to that point. So our focus, you know, if we're, you know that, that we're really pushing now is trying to, first of all, identify what that attendee is looking for And then how do we streamline for them to get that? And one of those instances may be the tie registration with like session information and tying these back-end systems together so that it's it's a little more seamless for them. When they get in, they know there's a seat for them in a room. They know where that is. They know what time that speaker is going to be there. It's it's getting all of that information tied together in an easily digestible way so that at a quick glance, they know what they're going to get out of the conference. They're not wasting time. And then also, the big reason that people are actually going out and going to these conferences isn't even necessarily for anything at the conference, 
but it's a chance to network with other like-minded people at the conference. So it's developing those times and spaces and being able to facilitate a way for them to network with their peers and to, and to have those one-on-one conversations. And then, you know, to have a comfortable space to do that in, perhaps they need power, they need some seating, they need a monitor. They don't need a lot of technology. They just need that face-to-face time, and we need to make sure in the schedule we've given that to them. And it's those kinds of things, I think, that really make an impact and make a, an event successful or not successful. And um, when we're finding it's not really about the whiz-bang, it's about meeting the needs of the attendee. And they're two different things. Right, and creating, creating real context. So you're starting to, like every other business, look at data and see how that yeah. data can create more context for your attendee. Absolutely. We are investing heavily right now in software systems and tying software systems together to make that seamless experience for the attendee, spending money on things they will never see or never interact with, but that are doing that magic behind the scenes to make their event that much smoother and to make their experience that much smoother. Oh, that's so cool. Well, we're going to um, take a little break now. Um, and we've been talking to Jeremy Muir, who's the CEO of Tech, which is a California-based event production company. And Tech is kind of famous. They do big brands. They create crazy, fabulous experiences. So we're getting the down low on the latest tech um, being used in events to create great experiences. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back. We are on the road to infinity, which is um, a series of um, interviews with advisors and very senior folks who are working in the business of technology and storytelling 
and um, helping us get to this great event happening in November in Hollywood. We take over a block in Hollywood, and it's all about storytelling, advancing technology. And one of our advisors and partners is here, and that's Jeremy Muir, who's the CEO of Tech, which is a big event production company. And Tech does all these great events for Facebook and Apple and HP and Vans. And um, Jeremy is sort of sitting on top of knowing, I think you know everything about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I um, doubt that's true, but uh, but I'll take the compliment. <laughs> so, um, so then, when what what do you think is you know new, hot, and up and company coming? Um, just looking at technology in general, like it could be marketing tech, entertainment tech, anything that's coming along that you think is going to really impact your business. Well, I th- I think there's lots of things on the horizon. I mean, as as you can see in just the technology world in general. Boy, we're at a we're at a breakneck next speed right now. There's amazing things happening. It seems like every day, new technology, you know, across all fields, you know, from medical to production to to, to everything in between, right? And so, our business is, is absolutely no different. There's new things coming out every day that are that are that are amazing and jaw dropping. But I think what's really exciting me right now is that we're kind of at um, at a point in 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 production's growth that I'm really excited about what we can gain with what we already have. And a lot of that comes to taking all of these systems that used to be kind of siloed on their own and now integrating them. And I think you're seeing that across even in major brands. A lot of them are doing the same kind of thing. They're taking different departments and integrating together with new software systems and AI and other things that are really making amazing steps and, and capabilities that you just didn't have before. So we're working very hard on that ourselves internally. That's one of our biggest pushes is integrating systems and, um, and, and getting new capabilities from it and also being able to cut costs that way. Um, but as far as live events go, some of the, the, the trends that I'm seeing that, that we're working towards, you know, beyond that integrated system or one of the things that allows you to do with the integrated system is to then do more interactive systems for an attendee. So, if your registration system talks to your digital signage system, for instance, and it knows who you are, it can give you relevant, relevant info pertaining to you when you walk by a monitor that may show, like, session information, for instance. So, oh, that's so – I love that. And that can, that. Also, and that can that. also go to catering. If, if, you know, if, the, if the registration system talks to the catering department and they know that, you know, you may have um, a particular – you know, you may be gluten-free or, or have something – something else that you're, you're vegetarian or, or you need a certain meal, then we can, we can basically cater to that, you know, through a digital signage and the other things. When you walk into a, into a section, it already knows who you are and what your needs are. So the more we can integrate things, the more we can create this interactivity. And we're seeing, you know, wristbands and wearables and other things. And everybody has phones now and everything else. And we have heat maps and we can know where people are and RFID and all of these other technologies that really allow us to almost create an organism out of an event that can really create a custom experience for you versus what maybe another attendee is getting. And I think that's really where this is going to be exciting and where attendees will see more value is when we can create these custom experiences that are really created for you in real time through AI and these other processes that really give you a wow moment. And you didn't realize you even necessarily needed or wanted some information, but when it's tailored that personally for you, I think it'll be very welcomed. You know, and it may be able to display, hey, we saw you, just saw you took this session. 
would this be something interesting for you? You know, and we can line it up with your schedule and other things, you know, that we can drive off systems like this. So that's one, that's one area that we're really looking, looking into, as well as, you know, you can bring that into artwork and other things that are custom created to the attendee experience, to the particular attendee. Um, is, 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 there's also, is, um, yeah. can I ask one question? Do people, do you think attendees, um, you know, are willing to, you know, wear a wearable, you know, like, like a Bluetooth emitter on their badge or download an app or do all these things that you kind of need to do to have that interactivity? Cause that's always a question I see a lot of the events I work on ask is if we want that two way, the attendee needs to you know, get tagged somehow. So it's usually either done by the app or the badge. So is that something that you think attendees are cool about? Yeah, no, attendee security is, is, is a big concern for us and a big concern for, for our clients as well. And, and it, and it's different across the board. We have some clients that we can't even do a barcode. They, they they want no attendee information and attendees want no information taken. We have other clients where it's a free-for-all. We can, go, we can go to the moon with whatever we want to do interactively and integrated-wise, and, and that's okay to do. So it really depends on the client and the conference. But um, I think the end result is going to be if it doesn't serve a purpose or it doesn't bring value to the attendee, why would they want to give it up? Why would right. they want to be part of a system that they're not going to get anything out of? So we have to come up with compelling reasons for why we would want to get that information that brings value to them in order, I think, to even make it a viable option at all. You know, um, I, I'm not one to want to grab, you know, I'm, I'm on the same, the same fence. I don't want somebody to grab my personalized data unless I'm getting something out of it, you know, unless I've opted into it. And so it's a very fine line we cross, and, we, and these are concerns we have to work with the client and attendees in some cases, um, to find a, find a middle ground. So I can give you a, an example. We do a conference. Yeah. It's an open source event. And we actually have um, a session at that event for just feedback. And so what we try to do is get as many attendees that want to go, and we come in and we say, hey, we're, the, you know, we're the, um, the, the, the people that put on the conference here. We would love to hear how we're doing and what you guys think about some future ideas we have for where we can take this conference. And we will sit there and hash it out for an hour and a half with the attendees and get their feedback and get their ideas. And it becomes the greatest part about that. And some of the greatest conferences are ones that have a community and the community feels like they have a stake in it. And that's what this kind of builds. And it really makes it enjoyable. And we come to conclusions with them that, you know, maybe they were against having some kind of data tracking, but then they see, Hey, if we can open source that and make it available to all of us, then we're not, we don't mind it so much or whatever it is. As long as, you know, the more voice they have in it, the more we're able to demystify it and the more that we can get them on board for some exciting experiences that we can create with this kind of technology. And I really think it's all about that openness and onboarding to get to that end, end point that you're looking for. Because, again, otherwise, why do it in the first place? Right. And attendees, it seems, are more willing, like, you know, millennials and younger, to give away some data in order to get back a better experience. And so, and I think older uh, folks and older generations in business are sort of learning that too, that if you download the app, if you do this, if you do that, if you give us some data, we're going to create a more personalized experience for you. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's definitely a give and take, and, it, and it's such a fine line. 
And it's such a new kind of concept and technology to work with on scale that I think we're all still figuring it out. But it is definitely that privacy issue is at the forefront. It definitely is. Yeah, you have to consider everything. Well, and and for you personally, like when you go to, um, and I don't mean like in your house, but <laughs> but when you go to like an amusement park or a museum or anything, are you always, you know, f and teching in your head? You know, are you ever just uh, an yeah. you know an attendee, or or can you turn that off? Or are you always looking for is this a great experience, and how do I use it? I absolutely cannot turn it off, and it, and it drives my family crazy, honestly. It's like <laughs> I, can, I can no longer go to an event and just enjoy the event. I've, you know, I'm mentally running through all the components at, at all times. So um, it has made it a challenge, and, yeah, it's, it's harder to just, like, even just sit back and, and enjoy a concert because I'm like, oh, what are those speakers they've got there? What are they doing there with that background? What's, what is that, what's that lighting cue doing? So, you know, it, it never turns off, unfortunately. But on the same point, that's what I love to do. So, you know, it's not a problem for me, but I'm probably not the most enjoyable person to go to a conference or a show with uh, if you're just there to enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you're, you're, you're always picking it apart. Is there another consumer trend or technology trend that you're really excited about exploring in the next year or two as it, as it grows? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited about what I think VR and AR and those kinds of experiences can bring. Um, you know, they're just kind of getting online to a point where they're usable for kind of the stuff we're doing, you know, beyond the interactive stuff. I think the, inter- the interactive is going to tie across all aspects of, of events. But in particular, you know, when we're, when we're doing an event, we're, we're thinking of it in, in show layers, in, in the different shows. And I'll give you a for instance. Um, on a normal conference, you may have a live stream. You know, you're, you're, you've got cameras in the room and you're going to live stream it. So in that case, we're thinking about two shows. We have the live show and we have the live stream show. And both of those shows have different needs and different components, and we've got to marry the two into, into one show at a certain level, right? They both have to come from the same space, but they're getting two different views. They're getting they're two different audiences. So how do we play those against each other but give each, each of them a meaningful experience? Well, now that you're throwing AR and VR into it, you're now creating new layers and new shows on top of that. So we do a show like, for instance, where we will have the live audience, we will have the broadcast for live stream, but we'll also have a VR live stream. And VR may give you different cameras and different experiences. We've done them where we might put VR cameras backstage, for instance, where you can see speakers coming out or talent coming out and how they're interacting backstage before they even hit the stage if you're in VR and want to watch that. Um, where I could not give that, that same experience to the live, the live event, you know, for, for instance. So it gives us new capabilities and new experiences we can give out. The other thing is, you know, if, with VR, do we even necessarily, you know, you don't have to deal with normal physics. So you can create spaces and experiences that are outside the normal bounds that most of the time we have to consider and, and think about. And, you, and that also includes time. You could have a VR experience last a lot longer than a conference would because it lives virtually. You know, as long as the servers are running, that service could, could potentially be running, and you can now have a conference that extends beyond its dates. You know, it's maybe year-round, have a, have a VR space that people can, can join into to learn about next year's conference or to expand on this year's conference, to have virtual conferences within that space. So all of that kind of stuff is really exciting to us, and we are 
on the forefront, and we're using that technology, believe it or not, to build conferences. Huh. So, like, one, uh, one of the how? issues is, is, is as we build a conference, we will build it in VR at the same time so that we can begin to experience what that conference is like before we ever even sit down oh, and, and put up the so first cool. piece of trust. So um, you're, doing you're, you're doing what they did on um, Lion King, basically. You're kind yes, of building absolutely. building the set. That's so cool. I didn't know you did that. So you're you're building yeah, what the we, floor the floor will look like? Yeah, absolutely. The whole the whole the whole conference, not just the floor, but how the like the general session might work. Is there moving panels? We're getting to, we're getting to the point now where we're beginning to think about rehearsing in VR. Where mm-hmm. we you know, here at F and Tech at the corporate offices, we have a whole room devoted to VR. And we've got setups in there that are that are permanently permanently installed, where we can go in there and work on not only our models and and what we're going to do for our conference, but I can invite clients in, and they don't have to be here physically. We can network them in from anywhere in the world to join us in VR, and we can go through a plan or or walk through a space virtually with them being wherever they're at, and then potentially show their executives or their speakers and walk through and put them on stage and give them a chance to understand the room they're going to be in before we even build it. So it's some of those kinds of technologies that are really expanding what we can do and the timelines we can do things in. If I can get right off from a client before we even build it, then I know we're set, you know, versus build it, they come in and now something's not right and they've got to change it. They didn't realize it was going to look like this, feel like that. You know, we're finding different people work well within different mediums. VR is not, definitely not for everybody, at least not at this stage. Some people get sick in the, in the headsets or, you know, they just, they, they just can't work that way. Some people need 2D. Some people need uh, CAD. Some people need physical models. So we try to work in, in all of those different aspects to try to make sure we're delivering what the client wants before we even, like I say, bring the first truck on site. Hmm. That, that is so, so, so cool. I, I didn't know that, that um, I mean, I have <clears throat> interviewed so many people on VR and AR, but nobody has talked about it from the events uh, perspective, and it makes total sense, and it, it's totally fascinating. Um, now, let's, let's talk a little bit, switch gears, and go into the Infinity Festival, and you guys are the event company um, on Infinity Festival, so tell, tell us why you jumped on. Um, you know, and why you think it's so important. Well, well, when I first heard about the Infinity Festival, first of all, I mean, just right off, right off the bat, it's the exact kind of conference we're looking for. You know, the marriage of Silicon Valley and Hollywood of story, storytelling with technology. I mean, that's our, that's, our, that's our bloodline right there. That's everything we do. That's, I mean, that's, that's talking to my heartstrings. So I knew I definitely wanted to be involved and, we, you know, we met Mark and Nick from uh, Infinity Fest, and we just really hit it off with them, and we found that what they're trying to do and where they're trying to take this is something we, we want to be on that journey to. We think we can join this project. We think we can, we can help, and with our experience and our skill set, can help grow this into being an amazing, amazing conference. And so when we, when we um, got the opportunity to start working with Infinity Festival, it was not really about necessarily what this year's Infinity Festival is going to be. It's more about where this is going to go. What's the five-year, ten-year plan for this festival? What can this thing become? And why does it want to become that? And what kind of community is it going to build? And how do we work within that? So I think, you know, from, from our perspective, we're still in the very early stages of what Infinity Festival is going to become. 
and you know we're we're contemplating multiple locations and joining them together virtually and electronically and network wise and everything else and making a, a conglomerate of an event. But it's also, what is this community? You know, and it's such a small community right now. What does this community need to grow and become? And what does it need this show to become to help the community? And it's all those aspects. And so it's coming in on the ground floor with something like Infinity Festival. It was just an opportunity we couldn't pass up. We, I was chomping at the bit and, and so thankful that Nick <laughs> and Mark were on board for us to join in because, again, this is the kind of thing we want to be. And we've been able to actually um, attract some talent outside of um, – our core company that also heard, oh, you're doing that, we want in. You know, so we're getting uh, players within our industry that were outside our company that are joining forces with us now because they see where this show can go and they want to have their fingerprint on it as well, you know, just to be a part of it. And I think it's that, it's yeah. that kind of drive, that kind of momentum, that kind of feeling of passion, you know, that people want to do this because they love what it can do and where it's going to go. And that's really what drew us. Well, and what what why is storytelling at an event so important because there's obviously this event is about storytelling, but why is being able to storytell during the day at an event so important? Well, I think, I think one of the, the, the biggest things there is a lot of conferences don't, they, they don't do it very well. Right. Um, I think this is an opportunity to kind of show how that can be done. And I think storytelling, I mean, life is storytelling. Everything is really storytelling. If you, if you think about it, you have, you know, you have a, a beginning, a middle, and an end to, to most things in life. And it's the, again, it goes back to what I said earlier in, the, in this call. It's about emotion. It's about feeling. It's about, it's about the human in the end. It's not about the technology. And it's not about the building or the conference. It's, it's the human aspect and the emotion. And storytelling and technology the technology there is the tool to help it along, right? It's the hammer. It's the nail. It's the camera. It's, it's all of those aspects. And I think if used well, it can create that motion, emotional attachment and really create something that's amazing. And can, can, with, through the storytelling, you can invoke in somebody something that just words can't do on their own. It's passions and it's feelings and it's untangible things. How do you... How do you focus those and how do you drive those and how do you get those to an area where you want it to be? How do you direct them and move them? And that's why, to me, storytelling is so powerful. Is it's, it's that emotional creation and that emotional gift that you're, you're kind of moving and giving to people and working together with them and, and getting people to the same place together emotionally and mentally that you just can't do any other way. Hmm. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, I'm glad that I'm involved because you make it sound so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think it absolutely is. Yeah, I like I say, I cannot wait to see where this conference is able to go and what kind of people it brings in, where, how this community builds, and what kinds of things they create based off of you know maybe things they saw at the conference, that kind of thing. And, right, that, you know, that, it's, it's, that's a re- really good point is what kind of people is it going to bring in? Because I guess you can kind of get a sense of that from every show you do. Who, who are mm-hmm. the people here? Absolutely. And, and from, from my feelings already, this is the cutting edge crowd. This is, this is the makers and creators of tomorrow and today that are going to be there. So if we can help facilitate that, even in any small portion my God, it'd be my honor, you know, to, to have any piece of that, any part of that. 
That's so cool. Well, Jeremy, where can people learn more about FN Tech? Um, they can go to our website. It's um, fntech.com, which is F as in Frank, N as in Nancy, and then T-E-C-H, like technology, all squeezed together. That would be the, the best place to go. We've got some videos up there and, um, and some pictures and, and some, and some uh, news thread items and some other things that they can kind of see what we do and what we've done. Um, more than happy to call us. And then I think they can also go to the Infinity Festival um, website. And I believe you guys have some more information there as well and some videos and stuff that have been crafted together in concert with, uh, with that team. So yeah, I think um, absolutely. any of those places would be great. And then obviously any conference we do, we're involved social media-wise with those. Um, that's another big, you know, talking about where, where we're going in the future. Social media is not going away, and things are getting more integrated that way as well. So, you know, I think as we move forward, especially um, you were talking about the, with newer generations coming up, they're all so tied in with social media, and it's definitely become almost another appendage for, the, for, for how things are done, in, you know, in the new generation. And um, are you um, are you someone that is writing about the business and tweeting and blogging and can people follow you or anyone in the company? They they, they can follow. We have an official um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all all the usual suspects that are curated by our marketing team. I definitely get to inter- interject, but um, they have me on a short leash. <laughs> I can, cannot say. I don't. I don't have Elon Musk status where I can got to just do what I want to do yet. But, uh, but yeah, I think they, if they wanted to follow any of the official uh, um, social media threads, they could. They could jump on board, and those can also be found on our website. There's links at the bottom. Oh, that's great. Well, we've been talking to Jeremy Muir. Jeremy, thank you so much. The CEO of FN Tech, a a big event based um, production company um, in in California who's producing the Infinity Festival happening in November. And we've been on the road to the Infinity Festival here on the Tech Cat Show, talking about the latest in tech and trends at events, um, really being uh, led, I think, by one of the top-notch premium uh, event companies out there, FN Tech. So if you want to learn more about them, definitely go to their website and um, check out the Infinity Festival in November in Hollywood, and you'll see how FN Tech lays it all out and makes the magic happen. Right, Jeremy? That's right. That's right. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll it. be back. We'll be back next week with another advisor, speaker, someone fabulous involved in the Infinity Festival, and more on tech trends impacting your business here on the Tech Cat Show. I will be speaking to you all next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 